What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed listening to Break Stuff, the story of Woodstock 99 on Luminary. Now continuing with our 99 theme, I wanted to let you guys know we've got all new episodes of The Rewatchables 1999 starting back up right now. Since we've returned, we have rewatched Eyes Wide Shut and Election, and up next is Never Been Kissed and many more 1999 classics. So make sure to check out The Rewatchables 1999 on Luminary. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Sal. We have Jim Cunningham. Jim Cunningham? No, Jim Cunningham, right? Yeah, that's it. Did you change it from Jim Cunningham? I, I yeah, always told actually, you to. Ellis Island, my grandparents. Okay. Yeah. Jim Cunningham, formerly Jim Cunningham. Jim Cunningham is now working the board. He's going to have that full time. Congratulations. I'm here in the studio with you, Jim. Usually I'm too lazy. I stay home, but uh, I have dinner on this side of town. James Baby Dal Dixon is... Uh, around for the Emmy. So he's taking everybody out. Nice. So I have to put on uh, you know, I usually run up the bill on them. They'll bring like a, uh, <laughs> they'll bring like a truffle ball by. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, do you, would you like any shavings? I said, uh, well, yeah. How much is this? They're like, well, we're just going to give you a little. I was like, well, how much is the truffle? This actually once happened. It's like, it's about $1,500. I picked it up and I threw it up against the wall and it broke into like 50 pieces. <laughs> and baby doll lost his mind. He had to pay for that. But uh, I look for more of that tonight. Anyway, that's that. Jim, by the way, is going to have, I'm going to give him a free pick every week. Have you thought about this, Jim? Yeah, a little bit. All right. And he's going to label it. Have you uh, called it anything? We ran, I ran some names by it. Did you figure out what you want to call your big pick at the end of the show? No, I'm not sure yet. I'll try and think of something. Not sure yet. No. What the hell? What have you been doing? Working. All right. All right. Well, I, I recommended something like the, uh, what was it? The cunning corner or something? No, the, yeah, the cunning Cunning pick of the week or something? I don't know. All right, we'll figure that out. Anyway, it's coming at the end of the show. He's going to give me like uh, memes or gifs, and I'm going to pay him with uh, with free bets. And the first of those is coming at the end of the show. By the way, uh, I'm going to promote our charity auction. Jimmy Kimmel, my cousin, is uh, raising money for John Carlin, a dear friend of ours, employee in Jimmy Kimmel Live. He came down, he has ALS now. And Simmons and I are auctioning off as part of those. There's a lot of items up for grab. Auctioning off a night to watch football with us a Sunday night. And then you'll come on, um, guess the lines with us. And you'll be part, you'll be able to guess the lines. Right now, do you know what that bidding is at, Jim? No. $26,500. That's insane. That's really crazy. I don't know. At some point, we're in stalker territory, right? I should yeah, be nervous absolutely. and not as excited when the number goes up. But anyway... That charity website is www.charitybuzz.com slash support slash Jimmy Kimmel Live. And you get there are other items on display that are not that much money and probably even more fun. Now, we have Mark Schlereth. He's great. Fox uh, commentator, three-time Super Bowl champ, two-time All-Pro, I think. One of the best in the business. He's going to talk. He did the Broncos-Bears game, which was my biggest beat, worst beat of the week. We're going to talk about that. He has another game coming up this week. But before that, on the line right now, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Brother Bry, Harry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's going on, guys? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's happening? What's going on, buddy? Well, listen, we are part of this. Uh, we, I think we mentioned it. We mentioned it last week and the week before. We're part of this gold nugget contest. Um, there's only a few hundred people entered. And I don't want to... 
I don't know when this will ever happen again, but we are all on fire here. We really are. It's really, it's insane. We did very well. Harry's going to tweet these every week. I couldn't keep up with it, but I went seven and oh, and I'm tied for fourth overall in the league at 11 and three at Houston College, West Virginia, uh, Temple, both of those getting points. They pulled upsets. Oklahoma minus 22 and a half. The Chiefs, the Broncos plus two and a half and the Falcons plus one and a half. Had to sweat out those last two kind of, but I was seven and oh. Harry, what are you? You're 12 and two overall or something? Six and one, six and one, 12 and two against the spread overall. Yep. On fire and giving your picks out everywhere. Now you did use the Browns minus two and a half. What happens in these things? They have to set a line on Wednesday night. And as of Wednesday night, Sam Darnold didn't have any kind of kissing disease. So they had the line at two and a half. And Harry, what does he do? He jumps right on and cheated a little bit. But that's that's part of your six and one, right? That was part of my six and one. But also part of my six and one was uh, West Virginia, a six and a half point dog. Eastern Michigan, a seven point dog. Both wins straight up. Whoa. All right. Good. Now, the parlay kid thought he went six and one. Yeah. Um. (laughs) But what happened? You you put in two picks wrong or something? Yeah, so I, you know I don't even want to do this anymore now. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm. Uh, it was so disappointing uh, to me. I'm I'm obviously an amateur mm-hmm. at this. It's embarrassing to even talk about. Um, and Harry can attest to the fact that I really did go six and one mm-hmm. with the picks I meant to make. <laughs> um, you know, when you make these picks, you put in a number. All right, so the game, you know, each team is assigned a number, uh, and you, you pick a number. Somehow or another, um, when I meant to pick the Falcons, I put the Eagles number in. Mm-hmm. And I, when I picked Iowa State, I put Iowa's number in. Right. Um, thought I even double-checked it. I thought. I mean, I, I got caught up in uh, doing it while at work, so... I hope you didn't double check um, it. If you double checked it, we have we have bigger issues here. I, you know, I, I you know, so part of me th- th- thinks I, I did, okay. but... Um, if that makes it even worse, if sure. I really did double check it, I mean, that's pr- pretty pathetic. Well, it's Harry short forgot that he double checked. It. Yeah. yeah I, I don't even, I just, I, <laughs> you know what? I, I can't recall the situation, but I do know okay. shortly after, literally like right after I made my picks, right. I wrote my picks down. I sent a picture to Harry of my picks um, right. with the number and the team. I mean, yeah. Harry could have known what I just had done, I would assume. I was, assume. I was just going to say, Parlay Kid, <laughs> since you guys blame me for everything anyways, I, I, you sent me the picture, I guess I should have checked the numbers for you. Well, he's very <laughs> competitive. He wants to win this thing. He doesn't want you to go. I, I don't blame one. him. Look, yeah. and here's the crazy thing about it, Sal, is I just as easily could have won right. with the Eagles in Iowa. Yeah. Like, both those teams. Yeah. Could have covered, and I would have looked like a genius uh, at the end. So and, and that, that just and, shows and, you. And Darren, you got screwed with Bama, but you put the right number on that one. Uh, right, Bama, Bama. I had Bama minus twenty five and a half, uh, and all right. Well, on the a point is, down play with yeah, that was a with eleven seconds. And left. The, the, the bottom, the point is, uh, I'm an idiot, yeah. and I I deserve to. I I should be kicked out of this contest. No, well, I uh, mean, you period. don't even you don't even know if you've double checked or not. if anyone out there knows <laughs> remembers if the parlay kid double checked or not because he doesn't remember. But shoot us a line at uh, cousin Sal against all odds at Gmail. <laughs> Dot com. Now, Brother Bri, yours was more conventional. Six and one, right? You picked a lot of winners. Also on this yeah. podcast, on fire, you had the Packers, you had the Falcons, you had Gaethje in that fight. That that took like 20 seconds in the MMA fight. You're on. You're as hot as anyone here. 
Yeah, I had the Rams too. It was a good. I, I mean, that's as good of the week as I was going to have in terms of betting. I went six and one in this contest. I went twelve and one in a pro contest and another one. I won another pool. It's not going to get better than that for me. Um, I just thought it was easy. I, I mean, when you thought back though, like if you had to take thirty games though on that card, I felt like I would have. I would have got twenty five. Mm-hmm. It was that type of weekend. So I'm not going to pat myself too much on the back because I feel like everybody had a good week. Well, that's I mean, what, if that, you didn't have a good week, that's bad. And if you look at like the top 15 in NCAA, I think like 10 of them, 10 of them covered one or two were idle. So that, that was a big, big, uh, big player game there. NFL, same thing. Teasers are winning. They're, they're reeling us in brother. Bry. They know exactly what <laughs> they're doing, but as far as this gold <laughs> nugget contest, Harry, you're going to tweet these picks out. I'm I can't buy, I can't keep up. I've been so many things. Yeah. But. You guys send them to me. I'll put them out. I told uh, I told everyone I'd put them okay. out by uh, the end of Friday night. All right. Now you, listen. You don't get dizzy looking at those picks when Harry puts them on Twitter, though. Uh, I know, it's I just like a jumble. It's a jumbled mess. I don't even look. It's, I, well, I, I can't fit, I can't it fit all, all four of us in there. Right. Maybe all I'll right. go two and two this week. Well, you could also, Harry, take a picture of it and then <laughs> post that picture. And then you'll have it all on one page. I, I don't know how to do that. Stuff. No, I know. That's too hard. All right. Uh, <laughs> while, we're, while we're talking, Harry, here, big news, NFL. Early in the week, Eli Manning benched, and Harry's Giants, he roots for this team, and for many years has supported Eli. He liked them to win the division at 18-1 to odds. They are now 50-1 to odds to win the NFC East. How are you feeling about this, Harry? It's a little disappointing, um, especially since, uh, you know, I don't think the Giants have really handled the Eli situation correctly over the past couple years, past couple coaches. Um, you know, I know when yesterday we had a quite, uh, the four of us, well, Brian was throwing his two cents into, we had quite the texting war about Eli and back and forth about Cowboys and Giants. Uh, you know, I have had mixed emotions about Eli, uh, over the years, that's for sure. But, uh, it's, he's almost like an anomaly though. You know, it's, it's what makes the debate of him a hall of famer up in the air. Is he, isn't he? I mean, I think he is, but I mean, he's made it, uh, so hard. To, to love him his entire career because only two seasons has he won any playoff games. It just happens to be uh, uh, where he ran the gauntlet in both those years, you know. But again, can't be denied 7-2 and two on the road in the playoffs. 2-0 and <laughs> at Lambeau. Beat Favre and Rodgers. Listen, 1-0 at Dallas. 7th all right. all-time in yards. I mean, I get 2-0 versus the GOAT. I mean... And he, I was there. He has been around bold, a long time. And he did, he did it. I'll give you that. He, longevity counts, too. Well, it better. It better for him. But you know what longevity has got him? And here's my theory. This is my theory. 116 wins, 116 losses. Now, I'm going to give you some background. Harry's yeah. a big Giants fan. The Parley Kid and I root for Cowboys all our lives. Brother Bry is probably sick of both sides talking about either uh, you know, the Giants or, or uh, Eli, Man- uh, Eli Manning or the Cowboys. So he probably just wants out of this conversation. But here's what I say, Harry. I think... Eli benched himself. I think he went to management. He said, yep. I'm 116 to 116. This game's this yep. team's going to be 10 under 500 this year. And then what? Then what? Am I going to play another year? We're going to be five under 500. We're going to be 15 under 500. All of a sudden, the Hall of Fame resume doesn't look as good. If you're 116 yep. or whatever it would be, 122 and 137 or something, Harry, right? But you think you think the regular season doesn't matter. He could have any kind of record he wants. It's what he did against uh, in those two playoff years. Yeah. And right, Parley kid, it was only two playoff yeah, years well, that he did well. Well, yes, he had those two years. He won the Super Bowl. Has never won his other fourteen seasons. Never won another game in the playoffs. That being said, let's let's look at it like this, Sal. It won't happen. 
But if Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl for Denver this year, is he in the Hall of Fame? Does he go into the Hall of Fame? Yes, he has to be. I don't know. Ask Harry. I guess. Harry's got to figure it out. What if what if Denver somehow gets home field? He didn't win. He didn't win seven playoff games. Not to mention, listen, Joe Namath is in the Hall of Fame. The guy's got more. It's a different time, but that, that's a different, different time. But more touch, more interceptions, Let, touchdowns. It's got to be I more touchdowns. Thirty more touchdowns if he, than Harry, if he didn't have more touchdowns than Namath, he wouldn't have played the last four years. Everybody throws. Listen, him he's on got that. two. He's got two rings. Troy Aikman has three. Troy Aikman is a. 140 touchdowns. Eli has 206. Troy Aikman didn't have a 500 record in the pros. Mm, Okay. So that makes Eli almost a little better. How? How is that? Because all the other, you're only one guy. You have to still rely on your teammates to get other stuff done. So it's all, okay. It's all Eli when they make it. He had Beckham as a wide receiver. Other than that, he didn't have have anybody for four. He had Beckham for four years. When they make it to the playoffs, it's all Eli. But regular season, you're willing to uh, pass the blame on the losses for everyone else on the team. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I'll pass it it on the kicking game. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I I, I can't even tell if he's being serious. I don't know. Our our debates often rage between us. It's the Romo-Manning debate more or less for us. Right, right. I haven't even brought uh, you know, Romo. Who's better? Up. That's fine. Yeah, and and, and and that's the thing, and and we that's kind of the way we do. Yes or no? Romo, if you he's, why, why he's why probably he's, short. He's probably a little short. Well, because I'd love his to numbers, say he yeah. is, but he's probably a little short. I think you know? I think he's short, but I think he's closer than Eli. I really don't think Eli's a Hall of Famer. If you're going to base his body of work on really like four percent of the time he's out on the field, which is the playoffs, 4%. And you're going to disregard yeah. the regular season where he's at 500. Wow. And, fi- and, by, and by the way, that 4%, you might as well make it 2% because there was only two years out of all those playoff years that he did anything. Brother Bry, just step in one way or the other. I don't care which way you want to debate. What do you think? Well, well, you know, it's funny because I was saying this to Harry in, in the parlay kid yesterday. It's, I probably hate Eli more than anybody. Really? I, I really don't give him a lot of credit. I felt like those two Super Bowl runs, I mean, Grant, he made some phenomenal plays, some clutch plays, but there was also some luck in those Super Bowls. Let's not forget, like, Welker dropping that one pass, right, that would have just iced the game for them, would have won it. There was a, In the previous Super Bowl, there was a few interceptions late in the game that were right through some players. Sante Samuel, yep. Uh, yeah, so I, wouldn't say, I would say, um, again, some clutch plays in his career, but I, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Eli fan. I, I do think since benching him for Geno, that really bought him like another two years, right? I, I don't. I feel like if they never did that, yeah, two years ago, they might have. They probably would have definitely parted ways with him at least in this yeah. offseason. Yeah, I, I don't think understand. They just, the ownership embarrassed and bad, right. and they gave so, him two years. Yeah. So you know, you you mentioned his 500 record. Mm-hmm. Seven more losses, and he would have been tied with Vinny Testaverde for the most losses by a quarterback in NFL history. That's a Hall of Famer, so, right? No? Uh, uh, Harry, so, is that a Hall of Famer? Listen. I'll, <laughs> Go ahead. What? <laughs> listen, I'll, I'll say this. Eli Manning never lost a playoff game holding a sna- uh, catching a snap. Oh, boy. Harry, if you're, by the way, if your thing is that Tony Romo has been lucky in, in playoff games, uh, or Eli has not been luckier than Tony Romo. No, could, I, I wouldn't say Tony Romo's Jim, been lucky in well, playoff games. He's got one we, and a half wins in the playoffs. Can we cut his mic? <laughs> can we cut his mic? we got to figure out a way to cut his mic because, yeah. 
One and a half wins. So three touchdowns and seven interceptions in every playoff game except for those two years that he got his got his shit together, Harry. And by the way, these Super Bowls, like this, this is not Harry, who's a better actor, Cher or Tom Cruise? You, you have to think about that? Huh? Good. Eddie Redmayne or Eddie Redmayne or Harrison Ford. These are people who have act, uh, Oscars versus people who don't have Oscars. So let, let's right. compare it to other like the, like diff, different. Uh, Listen, I remember. Here. I remember everyone made a big deal too when Michael Vick beat Brett Favre in Green Bay in the playoffs. No one else has done it twice. He did, and he, he controlled both games. All right. So, that was pretty impressive. If I'm I, if I could it. end yeah. it on this, I'm done with it. Yeah. I had a chance to ask uh, a wide receiver. His name was Kevin Ogletree. Played with Manning and right. uh, Romo. Mm-hmm. I had a chance last year to ask him. I and Brian was there, so he can he will uh, validate this story. I said to him, uh, "Can I ask you a question?" He said, "Sure." I said, "Romo or Eli? Who is better?" So he laughed at me like I was an idiot. Yeah. Like seriously. He's like, Are you kidding me? You are Not an idiot. Close. You can't Roma. even put you can't even put your picks in right. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> of course it's Romo. Of course and, and, it is. and the guy who played professional football said Romo. And but look Again, it does. It's not about Romo. It's Ogletree, really about Eli. Eli's Ogletree, not. Ogletree. Eli's not a Hall of Famer, and Romo's Ogletree, probably not I'm either. So. Ogletree right now. Darren, by the yeah, way, Ogletree. Harry, just okay. let let's just admit this: the botch snap through Romo's hands, the the uh, the the terrible call, which the rule has changed with the Dez catch in, in Green Bay. Uh, the fact that, um, what's his name? Patrick Creighton stops running a route with less than a minute thank left. You, and the Cowboys you, yes. lose to the Giants. Those three are as unlucky plays as the freaking helmet catch by David Tyree is lucky for the Giants. So, and you switch, switch those around. I, I disagree with the, the snap that, was the perfect snap. That's like, hey, but, but Harry, that, that ball was insane. That was a, a shiny ball. Yes, they never they, used they, the balls were slick. They purposely yeah. put a slick ball in. And guess what? If Martin Gramatica, if Martin Gramatica just gets in the way, Romo scores a touchdown and he's a hero. He's a hero. That's true. He's a hero. He's a hero. He scores a touchdown because he scores the two point convert. He scores the field goal. Jim, do you have anything to add to this? Has anyone heard from Ben McAdoo about this? (laughs) Has he weighed in? Since he benched Eli last year? <laughs> no, he, we should get him on. Let's get him on the is he podcast. just like stroking his mustache somewhere? Just like I, laughing? I bet he and uh, Ogletree uh, put back beers talk, laughing at Eli. I, I could see it right now. Well, I will say this though, Harry. Daniel Jones, you know, they put some money into the offensive line. He's getting receivers back. You know, Evan Ingram's one of the top five tight ends. Barkley, premier running back. No reason he shouldn't put up real numbers, right? Yeah, it should be okay. Plus, yeah, you know, got Tampa this week. I'm surprised actually. Uh, Eli's not playing down south and against Tampa. Yeah, I'm surprised too. Except for he sucks, and he's one sixteen and one sixteen, <laughs> and he asked out. That's what happened. All right, uh, <laughs> let, let's take a break. Let's take a break. I'm, I'm too fired up here. <laughs> I'm teaming up with FanDuel to give you a chance to play fantasy football against me, Bill and the degenerate trifecta. And the best part, the winner gets to fly out to Puerto Rico to be our official correspondent for FanDuel's World Fantasy Football Championship Live Finals. You'll get an all-expense-paid trip to enjoy our four days' worth of WFFC events in Puerto Rico, including an exclusive beach after-party with a live performance by Ludacris. Holy crap! Just go to FanDuel.com slash ringer to enter and draft your week three fantasy team before the games kick off on Sunday. Um... 
I did not do well last week. I put in my lineup. Let me check here. Brother Bry, tell us about your lineup last week because you actually made money, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, but I finished like 485th out yeah. of like 700 and it still credited me with money. <laughs> uh, I thought my team was pretty good. It started off okay. Um, I had Brady as my quarterback, though. Uh, I think to win the week, you you needed a Mahomes or, or Jackson or one of those guys uh, to win that thing. But I, let's yeah. see, who else did I have? I had Galladay. I had uh, I had some good players in there. But uh, like I said, I think I just didn't have like huge numbers by anyone. And you get to see Ludacris in Puerto Rico uh, eventually. I, you know what I did? I I try to dance around it. I just put Mahomes in there every week. You, you'll have to you'll have to lose out on another position or something. But crying out loud, brother Brian knows it. He had four touchdowns in, in the second quarter. He's always going to put up good numbers. I'm not going to give up my whole lineup here because I, I, don't, I don't want anyone to beat me but uh, and steal my picks. But I'm, I'm going Barber against Harry's Giants. Terrible defense. I will take Ingram. Maybe he, he opens up. And that Patriots defense if you get it. Yeah. And remember, you can play against me, Bill, in the trifecta in the Ringer Listener League on FanDuel. It doesn't matter if you missed last week. You can still take home the top prize. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Ringer to enter now. That's FanDuel.com slash Ringer. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk the three big games. Now, by the way, it was not easy to find three big games in the NFL when two right off the bat are twenty plus point spreads. Cowboys twenty one and a half, I think. New England twenty two and a half. I credit uh, Ben Folks, our friend from ESPN. He says that, that is those two to find numbers that big, two teams in the same week. You have to go back to Week Five, nineteen eighty seven. Crazy, but we did find a few games. Ravens at Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are favored. They're home six and a half. 55 is the over-under. Both teams 2-0. and oh. This looks like a conference semifinal game to me. I think the Pats would get the one seed overall. And this looks like the 2-3 matchup um, if it were to hold up. Uh, let's go, Harry. What do you think? No more Giants talk for a while. Which way are you going in this okay. game? I'm going to take the Baltimore-Kansas City game over 55. Uh, on Sunday, I like uh, the Ravens look great on offense. Uh, obviously, uh, so much people saying Lamar Jackson are questioning that maybe he can't throw and just going to run the ball. He's 41 of 57, 600 yards, seven touchdowns. He's rushing for 6.6 yards a carry. Mark Ingram is going for 5.7 yards himself. Uh, Jackson's also worked his tight ends nicely as they have three of his uh, seven touchdowns. Uh, Kansas City, I, mean, I don't know another player, forces you to not pick the under more than Pat Mahomes, maybe ever. I mean, last week in Oakland, uh, Kansas City was held scoreless in three quarters, but did pop for the four TDs in the second quarter. I don't expect scoreless quarters here. Uh, I mean, honestly, he, uh, week one, Sammy Watkins went for three touchdowns and 198. And if it's not him, it's Kelsey or out of the blue, Demarcus Robinson, who's probably going to light up the waiver wire in fantasy this week. Uh, he had 172 and two touchdowns. I mean, just cannot take the under with Mahomes with the Chiefs overall the way in this game over 55. A lot of, while it's on my mind here, a lot of Demarcus Robinson controversy already around the nation. Um, we we uh, we subscribe to CBS Sports. We do our our uh, long time, what have we done, 30 years? What is it, almost 30 years? No, 26 years or something we've done yeah. on CBS. We've done our fantasy, our East Coast Fantasy League. The ad drops are always Wednesday night. And for some reason, they released them Tuesday night late. And so if you put in your ad drops early, you got some of these guys like Demarcus Robinson, Harry, 
bid $35 for him and got him because he was probably the only one. He and uh, I think the parlay kid and Brother Bry's brother John were the only ones who put uh, picks in early. So we had to say, no, 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 CBS screwed up. We have to redo it. And the same thing happened in my league with Simmons and John Hamm and everyone out here. Same bid, Harry. Our buddy Trevor, $35 to Marcus Robinson. We had to back it out. Big, big controversy as to whether or not he should get him or not. I don't know. All right. $35. But Harry, I'll say, are you worried, at least, Harry, about this overpick? The unders were 13 and three last week. I know the Chiefs are Chiefs are a different story. So seven of the last ten games, the Chiefs have gone over. They're averaging sixty-one points in those games. Uh, I don't know. Baltimore, five of the last seven games versus the AFC have gone over. I don't know. I just think this is there's been too many unders, especially in prime time games. This is gonna probably be the game I would imagine Nance and uh Tony Romo are doing. So let's see some points. Let's go over 55. You should not be allowed to listen to Tony Romo call games. They should re- really, they should uh, squeeze out the <laughs> audio button on it. You, you don't deserve hey, it. Listen, you don't deserve it. commercials are fantastic. All right? I'll say that. Yeah. His commercials are fantastic. By the way, his color commentary is fantastic, too. Probably the best <laughs> you've ever heard. So you don't have to admit <laughs> if you don't <laughs> want. Uh, the over <laughs> also, Harry, 8-3 and three in Ravens' last 11 road games versus a team with a winning home record. All right, Brother Bry, you're going to take a side here, right? Yeah, first, Harry, uh, be prepared to put in like a $90 bid tonight for Robinson if you really want to keep him. <laughs> Guess what? With Sal ha- not having any quarterbacks, I'm trying to block him on that, too. I don't care. There's like <laughs> six out there. I have, I have, Sal, I have, I have uh, Brady. I had Breeze and I Roethlisberger. Know Dak. It doesn't really I know matter. you're looking at Dak. I know you're looking at Dak. Breeze and Roethlisberger, and they both go down. I don't care. It doesn't matter. There are guys who are going to score 20 on the. There's Stafford. There's plenty of guys. There's Cousins. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Doesn't matter. All right. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to go the Chiefs here, minus six and a half. Like, I feel like this is maybe Harry reasoning for this game. Um, six and a half seems like a good play for the Ravens here, but I, I feel like I'd, I want to back the Chiefs here. While I did like the Ravens on the pod a few months ago to win the division at four to one, I think it's a little bit unrealistic to think they'll keep up this level. Look, if, if the Chiefs were playing the Ravens this past Sunday, they would have scored 21 points on those three drives that the Cardinals ended up kicking a field goal, sure. and they they would have won those game that game pretty easily. I mean, Baltimore's D's played well, but it's hard, and they've always been good, at least pretty good. It seems like the Baltimore defense, but that against really bad teams, so you really have no gauge of what what they're like right now. This is Kansas City's home opener. The crowd's going to be electric. Andy Reid is great in September. He's 9-0 and against the spread in his last nine September games. Mahomes, to me, is just, again, I think at this point, there will be some games I go against Kansas City, but Mahomes is too terrifying to all of a sudden, you know, put a, a 28 points on the board like he did against the Raiders in a quarter. So I'm going to say um, the Chiefs win this game, uh, we'll say like 34-24, uh, one by 10 and cover the six and a half. Yeah, I could see that being right there. 34-24 is good. Like you said, 9-0 and is insane, to, uh, straight up and against the spread. Andy Reid really has his team ready out of the gate. When you see Mahomes put up four touchdowns in a quarter, that's that's demoralizing for a team. You were a little excited about the Raiders' 10 nothing lead, right, early on. And then oh, even then we could have the Chiefs at even odds. I was like, oh, man, well, I don't what? know. Maybe they get tripped up, but... No, they, they get on track. doesn't matter who's lined up wide out. What were you going to say, Brian? Well, that's the thing. I mean, our buddy Trevor's a huge Kansas City fan, yeah. and you put something out there right away. I was kind of like, I'm biting my lip. I don't want to say anything because how well they play. But even at the 
point defeat that they had. I was actually proud. The, I will say I was proud the way they competed that whole game. I actually, aside from a couple of misplays and Druden not being aggressive on some fourth downs, I thought they played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wasn't going to complain about that look. I will say the other thing with the Ravens is they haven't had to come back from be, play from behind at all. They were, they right. smashed the Dolphins up, and they did the same against the uh, Cardinals. Now, I watched that game closely because I had them on a big money line parlay. They really, really could have blown that. Cardinals went right down the field in the fourth quarter, um, and you know, but kind of lucky. I don't know what Lamar Jackson if he has to pass. Like it's nice if he's you know second and three he could run or third and six or something he could run. If he doesn't make it, they punt. If they're ahead. If they're down like 14 3, you're going to have to see him sling it. He's going to have to hook up with Hollywood Brown early or something like that. I don't know if they're ready. I do worry about that Chiefs defense and a backdoor cover, but I like Brian's pick here 34 24. Take KC minus six and a half. Second game, we'll go to Texans at Chargers. Chargers minus three. Totals 47 and a half. Both are one and one. So when you look at this, they both had heartbreaking losses in the fourth quarter, but they also pulled out weird wins in the fourth quarter. So, I really don't yeah. know if you could trust either squad. Um, Parlay Kid, you like the home team, the homish team, I should say, playing in soccer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This this is uh, probably to me uh, the whole, well. This week itself is, I think, difficult, but um, this is the hardest one to me to to really pick here, Sal. But so let's roll with the homish team mm-hmm. with the Chargers uh, at minus three here. Both teams are coming off kind of lackluster offensive performances, right? After a good first week, and second week, these teams aren't, aren't even putting up 14 points. I think the difference in, in, in the two teams, though, however, off their last performances, the Chargers did have two touchdowns called back, two missed field goals, kind of like the the Chargers of yesteryear, yep. you know, where they would, they would miss field goals, and we thought they kind of got over that hump last year. Uh, seems like they found themselves back into old habits. I'm predicting that that is not going to happen two weeks in a row. Uh, the Texans have allowed 10 sacks in two games, and that's with a quarterback that can move in the pocket. Uh, so the Chargers will put pressure on Watson, maybe force him into a mistake or two. Uh, and Eckler, hey, second in all-purpose yards in the NFL, off to a fantastic start. I think he gives them the edge at running back. So let's just take the home team with a couple of the edges there going to the Chargers uh, at minus three there. So, Paul, like you mentioned uh, Watson, 10 sacks. He's taken 10 sacks, and they loaded up at offensive line this year, and he's still all – it's just, uh, exactly. just getting wrecked back there. 10 on the year. This was an amazing stat to me. Eight consecutive games he's been sacked four or more times. Are you kidding me? I think multiple wow. multiple people have to be fired if that happens. I mean, it, it, he set a record. It's never happened before. Brother Bry, you're going – Against the Chargers, let me just read. Chargers are a good bounce back team. They're six and two against the spread mm-hmm. in their last eight following a straight up loss. Um, so, brother Bry, though, you like the Texans? Yeah, um, I do like the Texans. I will say though, when you're talking about the Deshaun Watson, will he be sacked? I know, um, I know at least there's one or two sites that are offering will he be sacked four or more times in week three, mm. which a yes is, is two to one. So it's something to keep an eye on, wow. especially with. Between Ingram and Bosa, I mean, sure, uh, I could see that happening very easily again. But I'm going to take Houston plus three. Uh, it's three and a half in a bunch of places as well. Uh, I would say uh-oh to the Chargers because, uh, like Darren said, you're starting to see similarities to the 
the the prior uh, this mm-hmm. 2018 season when they invented ways to lose, which is not a good sign. I think it's safe to say this game is going to be close. And because of that, I have to take the points where there's three, three and a half. I'm just picturing Watson getting the ball late after something stupid happens from the Chargers, whether it's a missed field goal with a chance to win it at the end. The Chargers have been bad and uh, against the spread in September. They're 1-6-1 one, and one in their last eight. But I will say there's not a lot of numbers that favor either team in this matchup. So that's why, I'm, I'm, regardless, I'm, it's, you said it's a homish team, so there's no home field advantage here. Right. Um, um, that's exactly why I'm just taking the points. I think Watson will have a bounce-back game. He didn't play that well against Jacksonville. And obviously, Jacksonville's defense is still pretty good. So um, I, I like them here getting getting three. All right. I will. Uh, let's move on to the third game. This is a Sunday night match. I don't like when they do this. You have to see the same team in primetime twice and in this in six days or whatever it is. Browns, they get a home game. Uh, they're getting three points against the Rams. Sean McVay's Rams. The total is 50. Coming off that big non- Monday night win. I've been trashing the Browns because it's uh, Rachel Bonetta's favorite team somehow um, all week unlocking him. But I will say, I don't care where you are. 23-3. You win by 20 on the road. That's a good win. That's a good job to win by 20. I know they knocked the Trevor Simeon out early. Um, offense, though, for the Rams. NFL's third-ranked offense since the start of last year. Brown's 29th-ranked rush defense in that span. I think that's going to be the problem. Um, Harry, you don't think it's a problem, though? No. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with Rachel here, and I've seen three and a halfs out there, but... Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Browns with the points at home. Uh, the Rams opened up on the East Coast, went back home, beat up the Saints last week. Now they're back on the East Coast. Like I said, maybe the line's going the Rams' way. I love it. Give me more Browns action here. Uh, it's a lot of traveling in three weeks. Uh, it's a Sunday night game, like you mentioned, Sal. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth in Cleveland. They haven't done a game in Cleveland in ages. This is a huge game for the Browns, huge game for the city. Uh, I, I'm not that impressed with Goff so far after two games. He's got two touchdowns. He's got one pick. Uh, I think Monday night we saw a little bit of an appetizer for Baker and Beckham, maybe you know, getting, a, getting a win under their belt, especially on a primetime game. Now this is like the entree. You've got the Rams coming into time, the NFC champs, and I think the Rams take them down. I think Baker Mayfield has a game of his life. Miles Garrett might be the best player on the field where he's got five sacks, over the last uh, two games for a loss of 35 yards. Golf better look out. Browns, straight up, but I'll take the three as well. I, I could just, I, lo- I love Harry reasoning. It's the best. It really is. It really is. Al Michaels is calling the game. Pretty good. Been there. Pretty it, good. It's excellent. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. You see Freddie Kitchens in the locker room. Okay, guys, we got to do this. Al Michaels is here. <laughs> Hasn't been here in 15 years. And you see Njoku. <laughs> Njoku lights up. What? I didn't know Al Michaels was doing the game. We can win this game. What the hell goes on? Uh, Baker sacked eight times. He's got 13. He's been hit 13 times. And now you got Aaron Donald in his face. McVeigh, an extra day to prepare. Probably, kid, I think you're on the right side of this. Yeah, well, Sal, look, uh, after week one, uh, and even before from guys like you, uh, we have said from the start, we think the uh, Browns are tremendously overrated. And after week one, we're like, yeah, yeah, that, they are overrated. Then they come into New York. They beat a pitiful Jets team right now. Pitiful. Mm-hmm. Pitiful team. Um, 
Baker Mayfield didn't even really look good in this game. So you take away that touchdown to Beckham, which, uh, you know, his, his, I, thought, I thought he was off most of the night, to be honest with you, which would really make him off for two straight weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, with all due respect to Miles Garrett and Harry's talking about him, he's not even the best defensive player on, uh, in this game. That, we know who that belongs right. to. Aaron Donald on, on the Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the best defensive player uh, on this field. He's going to make life very difficult for Mayfield. The, the Rams have not, they're 2-0. and They have not even clicked yet offensively. That is about to happen very soon. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to talk about coaching, McVay versus Kitchens, advantage yeah. McVay. Rams can handle the spotlight of going into Cleveland, no less, and winning a game. Short week for Cleveland. I think the Rams pull this out. Something to, to, to the tune of twenty-seven to twenty. Let's take the Rams minus three. All right, I agree with you, uh, Jim. What? How can Sean McVay, with all his coaching, how could he prevent the news of Al Michaels calling the game get into the Browns' locker room? Because obviously, that's going to be the, the difference maker, right? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. All right, those are our three games. That brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the degenerate trifecta and I set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. This week, uh, the captain, like, he, he did some work here. He, captain's not too impressed with uh, Teddy Bridgewater's nickname, which is Teddy Two Gloves, aptly because he wears two gloves. He plays football with two gloves. And I kind of agree with the captain. It's such a stupid name, but I like saying it over and over. But it got me got the captain thinking, what is the best nickname in football? I was like, oh, we could discuss it. And the captain's like, well, let's hang odds on it. I was like, all right, that doesn't make much sense, but let's do that. Refrigerator Perry, four to one odds. Sweetness, Walter Payton, five to one. That is a really great name. Um, mean Joe Green, seven to one. Terrific. Broadway Joe Namath, Harry brought him up earlier, 10 to one. And the field, because there are so many, pays off five to two. All right, Harry, we'll start with you. Best nickname in, in football. You know what, uh, guys? I'm going to go uh, part of the field. I'm going to take uh, Kansas City Chief great Christian Okoye, the Nigerian Nightmare. Oh, yeah. Um, all-time great nickname, right? I mean, nobody. Did anybody ever look bigger in their shoulder pads than that guy? Mm. Matt, you know, remember, we, I think we can all remember on that Monday night game when mm-hmm. he laid out uh, free safety Steve Atwater, just knocked him out cold, mm. just plowed right through him. I mean... He didn't even get to the States till he was 21. Uh, didn't start playing football until 23 and was found at tiny Azusa Pacific University in California. Um, I don't know. I just think when, when that guy, he didn't play, he played, like I said, six years. Didn't play a lot, but boy, he was dangerous when he took off. When he got down the field, five yards on the field, who's tackling him that weighs 40 pounds less than him? No, nobody. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I, I think, Harry, you remember only a few games that were called right. I remember it was a Monday night game. The Bills were at their peak, and Chiefs were home getting like three, and we loved the Chiefs, and he ran all over them, right? He ran down. I don't know if mm. you remember that. Early 90s, 92. Nigerian Nightmare is a great nickname, but I'm thinking like it means something different now. Now it's like if you receive spam, email spam, and uh, it tells you that you're <laughs> – Aunt is, right. aunt is kidnapped and you need to send $40. That's that's a new Nigerian nightmare. But, yes, Christian Okoye was the original. All right, Brother Bry, who's your pick? Best nickname in football. 
Um, yeah, I, I do love, I'm going to go with the refrigerator because I do love guys who are able to make fun of themselves with their own nicknames. So you got mm-hmm. like Butterbean out there, your refrigerator. I'd, I'd love to see a list of all those, uh, yeah. funny nicknames, but I'm also going to give refrig. I'm going to give them uh, a little bit of extra credit here for starring in probably the best movie ever. Uh, Windy City. There Heat. you go. Uh, <laughs> so I love the, uh, Perry line is, a. Uh, the fridge's fridge so um i'm going to i'm gonna go with him what was he two to one on four to one you'll get four to one on that right all right four to one that's good there you go yes uh how am i supposed to chill my food that's what he said windy city heat look it up jim have you ever seen windy city heat i have not oh my god oh my god all right i'm gonna bring i mean it's on youtube but uh but my 15 year old saw it and now he he can't put it down but it's uh go check it out on youtube i'll bring you a disc too if you want jim all right cool um, Parley Kid, what are you going to say? Yeah. yeah, great movie. Saw you make an appearance in it too. I'm in it so, too. Uh, yeah, that's why it's my def- favorite. Yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely should check it out. Uh, so look, it's nice to have an individual nickname, right? When I was given one throughout uh, most of high school, most people called me by Skip by my nickname, right? And you know what it is, Skippy, right? Uh, oh, you Skippy's a right? Yeah. That's what uh. Everybody called me by that. <laughs> why the hell? Why, that, why did? Why was that? I still uh, now I forgot. I had a coach. I had a coach uh, uh, on the JV football team call me uh, as the QB. Called me. He said, "Listen to the skipper." Oh, I and see. And then uh, the, the nickname took off. Uh, coach go. Daly. Uh, I don't even know if you knew him. Right. So, yeah. No, I remember. I remember. Uh, yeah. Nickname took off, and that's what I got called. So it's nice for you know individual having nicknames, and these are all nice nicknames. Mm-hmm. But what's more impressive? How about a franchise? That has a nickname. Only one franchise really does. And we all know who I'm referring to when I say America's team. Aptly given to the world's most valuable franchise, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, What kid hasn't grown up wanting to wear the star? mm -hmm. Right? Loved by all, hated by none. Mm -hmm. This is the greatest nickname in football. America's team. Take the field at five to two. I love it. I love it, Parlay Kid. And the quarterback was really holds all the Dallas Cowboys, America's team's records. Hall of Famer to be Tony Romo. God bless America and America's team. God bless. Uh, by the way, Harry, you had a nickname in college, right? You want to tell everyone what it was? <laughs> Numerous. Didn't uh, what was it? Uh, it was Homer. Yeah, it was Homer. Yeah, that was your that yeah, was no, your that fraternity, was my fraternity nickname. Uh, fraternity name Homer. Yeah. Um, Jim, do you know why he was nicknamed Homer? I could take a guess. Go ahead. He read the book. <laughs> it's a big, big, he wrote a kick-ass book report on the Odyssey and the Iliad. Yeah. And the, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's exactly right. Um, I am going on with the field. Jared Lorenzen. Now, not only did Jared Lorenzen, who was labeled the hefty lefty, did he have the greatest nickname. He may have had the two greatest nicknames. He was the hefty lefty and the Pillsbury Throw Boy. The Pillsbury Throw Boy. Cunningham, that's terrific. Phenomenal. Unbelievable. Now, he's, he's left us. He's left the earth, unfortunately. He's in the last few months. But I will say, Harry, and Eli Manning credits the Pillsbury Throw Boy, the hefty lefty, Jared Lorenzen, for his completion of that miracle pass to David Tyree because the hefty lefty would always screw around and, like, jump on him and not let go until, like, Eli would try to get out and practice. And he figured out a way to do it, and he did it on the biggest stage. Um, that was the wow. one of the two games Eli Manning was good. And, uh, wow. yeah, the Pillsbury throw. Yeah, you know uh, from history, thanks to the hefty lefty, um, 
he got me on the field for the Super Bowl in two thousand uh in two thousand what fourteen with the uh or two thousand eleven with uh yeah. the Giants and then afterwards partied with them and uh it was all because of him and I got to meet Eli after the game and talk to him all because of the hefty lefty. Yes, and I think one of our friends Greatest moment in sports history. We morning. won't mention one of his <laughs> friends was oh my uh, was dating his sister and I think I think ultimately I think that was too much for his heart. That's why the poor Pillsbury throw boy had to expire. <laughs> he couldn't deal with it. But uh Jim, what do you think? You know he was also called the uh, round mound of touchdown. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Really? And the abominable <laughs> throwman. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's those got four ones. of the best. Yeah. What do you like, Jim? I like the field, too. Just based on those names alone is amazing. There's uh-huh. also Primetime, sure. Neon, Dion, uh-huh. Sanders, uh, the Amish Rifle, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh-huh. and O.J. Simpson's inmate number 102. <laughs> I mean, the juice. Right. It so. was the juice. <laughs> you like those? Yeah. I don't think we give, uh, he's in the list there at five to one. Sweetness is really good. It's a really good name. Yeah. If you just watch slow motion highlights of him just gliding through offensive lines and defensive lines, that that's just a perfect app name. Sweetness. All good nicknames. That's another week of Captain Morgan's make-believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right. Brings us to Sharp Tank. Now, the parlay kid, I jumped on. Uh, did I jump on yours? No, no, no I, I backed no, Harry. No, not mine. I, okay, here's what happened. I backed Harry's fi- Falcons-Eagles over four, 52 or 52 and a half. Now, we all had Atlanta going into that game, but Harry is rooting for the Eagles to score so it can go to overtime, and it, it didn't happen. It almost did. Falcons almost blew that game. Um, we lost with that. Parlay kid, you lost with the Steelers on a money line parlay. That was all. Yeah. otherwise a winner. Obviously, Big Ben going out didn't help matters there. And Brother Bry, you were the only winner with the Rams minus two and a half, right? Why can't I remember who yep. they played now? Oh, the uh, the what? Saints. Well, you got a little lucky, too, with the uh, Breeze going out. But, yeah, oh, they, t- they took care of business. Brother Bry, start us off as the winner. Who do you like? Uh, all right. I'm going to go Notre Dame plus 14 against Georgia. Look, this line to me. I mean, at least to me, seems way too high. I feel like this should be 10 or 11. Obviously, this is based off of last year's Clemson game. Um, this isn't this Georgia team, while they could be great, they are not Clemson uh, in terms of how quickly they can score. They're not in Alabama in terms of how quickly they can score. I feel like, again, this line should be more like 10, 11 points. I don't remember the last time Georgia blew out a good non-conference school. Like last year, I mean, I know it was a bowl game, but Texas, they struggled against the year before. They struggled against Oklahoma. They also just squeaked by that Notre Dame game when they won 20-19. to Uh, Notre Dame is great in September. I think they've won, like, their last 10 September games. Both teams play really, like, again, these aren't your typical college teams today. They still kind of play slowish brands of football. So I just don't feel like this game is ever going to get out of hand. I think Georgia will probably get to around 30 points. Notre Dame will be around 20. So I'm picturing this as like a 30-21 game. But again, to me, 14 points is, is too much. And I, I know, again, that's based off of Clemson and the athletes last year and what Georgia has, but too much. All right. Uh, Parley kid, let's make a comeback here. Who do you like? Yeah, so that was a tough one last week uh, with that Steeler loss. I had uh, hit three out of the four. But of course, you know, a loss is a loss and 
Mm-hmm. Uh, questionable call late in the game that Brian, I think, uh, would also agree with uh, some pass interference. A loss calls. is a loss, partly, kid, but 116 <laughs> losses is uh, quite remarkable. <laughs> uh, this is true, Sal. <laughs> but, you know, I've probably lost uh, maybe more than 116 times on this show. Nah, so, don't worry about uh, that, That's very, very, very possible. If, if you put Normally, in the picks Sal, that you wanted to, it would have been only like three or four losses. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, that's what I was going to say. If I were to do my parlay this week and take a money line parlay, I can't deal with a money line parlay this week. Yeah, right. I would take the Bills, Eagles, and Packers. That's okay. what I would take. But I'm going to go the college route this week, take a week off from the NFL, and just pick one game. It's one of my favorite college teams uh, to root for, and that's Northwestern, Sal, getting nine and a half uh, this week against. Uh, the Michigan State Spartans, who are one and six against their spread in the last seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan State's also coming off a pretty brutal ten to seven loss against Arizona State. When was the last time we heard a college score of ten to seven? And this game, though, promises to be something similar to that. Uh, Michigan State Northwestern's offenses are both kind of dreadful to to start the season, especially against the uh, better competition. Um, Northwestern is six two and one against the spread in their last nine conference games. Their defense is very good. I, this could be simply a fourteen to ten game, uh, either way. So let's take the nine and a half with uh, Northwestern. I can hopefully have uh, just a nice relaxing Sunday uh, watching some football. Yeah. All right. All Saturday uh, slate here. All right, Harry, you going to make it three for three? College. I hope so. I uh, hope so, guys. I'm going to take Michigan. At Wisconsin, plus I see three and a half now. Um, I love the week off for the Wolverines after the Army debacle. Uh, it gives them time to figure out how to incorporate uh, wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, they need him. Uh, he hasn't played so far. He's the spark they need. He had eight touchdowns last year. That is someone that Shea Patterson, my boy, needs to get rolling with. And uh, I'll give you another little tidbit that you might like, Sal. I love that this game is being played at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, It doesn't allow the Camp Randall faithful to really get rowdy, to really get rocking. I think Michigan and Jim Harbaugh have a plan here to establish the run game. The runs, they're both running. They're starting two running backs are getting five and a half yards a carry. Uh, I know um, Wisconsin is 110 to nothing in their two games to score. Not sold on that 2-0 start against nobody's. going to be tough to keep Jonathan Taylor down, but if they can keep him at bay, um, I think having to force quarterback Jack Cohn to actually win the game and pass the ball, I'll take Shea Patterson over him any day. Um, I All think right. Michigan also um, keeps top four, uh, their top four playoff hopes alive. Michigan 34, Wisconsin 24, wow. double digit win for the Wolverines in Camp Randall. I mean, I know what you're saying, the 9 a.m. Pacific kickoff time. Plus, I don't. Al Michaels isn't doing the game. I don't know how Wisconsin's supposed to get up for this. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I, don't li- I don't like this game at all. The line looks super suspicious. I think in the beginning of the summer, Michigan was favored by seven. I've seen a lot of them that not impressive against Middle Tennessee State. I had them money right. line against Army. I had to suffer through I think Army was the better team, actually. I really do. And... They run the ball, Wisconsin. That Jonathan Taylor is like 150 yards per game versus conference opponents. Wisconsin like 10 and three against spread in third last 13. Fell also. Go ahead. Sal, Michigan seven and zero, seven and zero straight up in the last seven. 
mm-hmm. went on the road after two straight home wins too. So right, I know, but you should well, know when I'm five trends in, you're not going to turn me around here. So I don't, I don't know what's. Yeah. I, 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 I think I'm <laughs> I might, I might be able to. Brother Bright, Notre Dame plus fourteen. Georgia, I'm surprised at this. Georgia, you usually like Georgia, right? I know it's a lot of points. They have like 12 sacks, right? I think they only had 24 in the year. They never really uh, pressure team in front seven. They have 12 sacks. I think like Ian Book's going to have trouble scoring points. I, I think it's going to be like between 10 and 17. I don't know. I don't know if 14's good enough, though. I think I'm going you, Parley Kid. I like uh, Northwestern. You know, I have to cut bait with Michigan State. I have to do it. I like Lewerke. I like yeah. the offense. I just have to do it. After some of these teams, I just have to say I, I was wrong about it. I bet they're over individual wins or team wins. Um, Northwestern averages 185 yards a game rushing. I could see this a 16-10, 17-10 game. Yeah. So if you're getting nine and a half, why not? I looked it up. Michigan State 0-4 against the spread in their last four after scoring fewer than 20 points. Let's do this, Parlay Kid. Let's take Northwestern. Do it. That that's not a nine a.m. kickoff, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I will reconsider everything if that's a nine. Is Al Michaels calling that game? I don't know who the hell it could be. Al Michaels calling that name. I, 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 you know what? I'll <laughs> probably take that. somebody from Syracuse. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, probably somebody. All right, Jim. We're ready for your uh, best bet. What are we calling this? We don't know what we're calling this. I'm not yet. sure. I'm still thinking about it. Jimbo's Jumbo Luck of the Week. All right. We can, we're still workshopping this. I think, uh, this what did we say? We said, I said, Jim's Cunning Classic. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't say that the right way, it, it, it could be really bad. But <laughs> sure. all right, let's hear it. Whatever, whatever it is. All right. So my Jets going to New England. Oh, no. The Pats are favored by 22 and a half. Mm-hmm. And the over-under right now is 43 and a half. Right. And I think the Patriots are probably tired from scoring all those points on the Dolphins last week. Mm-hmm. So I like New England and the under. Pats win 43 nothing. 43 nothing. New England and the under. So you're going to make a parlay then, right? With your free yep, money? that's it. Okay. Alright. Let's remember. New England and the under. Yeah, it is very hard to find Jet backers here. They haven't won in Gillette in 12 years. Not that they would win the game. But uh, really, it's like I said it on air. I'm locking in. Belichick is the only one who should be betting this game because he's the only one who knows when he's going to take his foot off the gas. And it's probably not yeah. until the end of the game um, or even after 43. They also, they're toying with him, right? Parlay kid. They gave him Demarius Thomas for nothing. It's like, here, we're going to kill you. Yeah, we, we, that, You're that so bad. Yeah. We're so much better. Take this receiver who will start anywhere else. He's all yours. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Sal, I didn't last week. Again, I, I, uh, they, didn't they throw a? Didn't Brady throw a touchdown with like two or three minutes left oh, yeah, to yeah, go yeah. up four? I mean, right? I mean, uh, it's incredible. I, I, I don't know. That's, I don't know. This guy, you don't know what he's going to do. Maybe they're back to that those years when they had Randy Moss and they were scoring like fifty-five, sixty a game, and they didn't care. And Brady was right. throwing all game. Maybe that's what they're going to get back to. So yeah, uh, you know. The Jets aren't going to score. I can't see how the Jets are going to score more than 10 points that game. And plus, really plus uh, Jalen freaking Ramsey will probably be on the Patriots by Sunday. So let's, let's <laughs> know look it. out for that. All right, Parlay Kid, you're going up and down New York State watching your son. You got the next Cole Beasley on your hands, right? And, uh, oh, and no, well, let's, let's not go that far. But it's it's been fun. So uh, University of Rochester sitting at 0 2. Kyle made his uh, debut, uh, caught a couple passes. Um, in his debut, so that was fun to see. Uh, this week they'll uh, be a home game. I think it's homecoming up there in Rochester mm. against uh, Alfred University, another upstate school. So yeah. 
we'll be heading back up. I'm just spending a lot of time on the road. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, John Glenn, we got beat up uh, by Mount Sinai this past weekend uh, to the tune of about uh, 30 or 40 points or something like that. So that was a rough one, but uh, we have a bye week this week to recuperate. So we'll see how that goes. And speaking of nicknames, uh, and I'm at the, at, at the Chalk Talker, but speaking of nicknames, I don't want to forget, didn't Jim have a good nickname for Harry's new show, uh, Abbott and something, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, Harry, was, your co- what's your co-host's name? Chris Abbott, right? Chris, Chris yeah. Abbott. Well, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, Jim came up with a nickname for the, the duo. They're hosting together. What is it? Abbott and Marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Abbott and Marshmallow. Have you changed that, Harry? What what are you? You're not uh, though. We've we, we I gave I let Chris know, but yeah. we've officially now gone uh broad charts. Uh we are going with bald bets and beyond. All right. That's mm. cute, but that's not Abbott and Marshmallow, I'll tell you that. That's a big not. mistake. That's <laughs> yeah. a big mistake not going with Abbott Marshmallow. Where else could people see you, Harry? Uh, I'm on uh Twitter at AAO Harry just went over today, by the way, just went over 10,000 followers. Oh, uh, nice. Um, yeah, yeah. You can, uh, you can, you can thank, uh, your buddy, uh, Clay Travis for that. I, as will I was not. on his show this morning. I will not do that. At 3.30 a.m. <laughs> Pacific outkick coverage. You can listen to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went over some picks. We also did our Eli selection of should he be in the hall of fame, which by the way, Clay definitely agrees. Of course he does. Um, yeah, yeah, and Ball Bets and Beyond uh, with Chris Abbott Wednesday. Uh, you can see that on YouTube, Spotify, and Twitter. And also on Friday, I'm on his uh, uh, show as well, Guys and Bets, where I'll give my best bet of the week. All right. Yeah, I can't Incredible. even Incredible. Wow. Ha- Harry. I'm all over the place, three, guys. Three, three in the morning calling in to Clay. And that, what what a, a groggy <laughs> Harry and an insufferable Clay. What a terrible, what a combination that is. <laughs> I, I don't know who's listening to that. Uh, all right, brother Bry, what are you going to do? You got nephews, you got everyone pl- playing uh, sports, but you're very, you're laser focused on WNBA lately, right? You bet the aces. Yeah, uh, I had the aces plus ten and a half last night. They covered that. That was a weird game. That was back and forth. Uh, I don't know the line yet for tomorrow's game. I'll probably back the Mystics in this one. Uh, I just felt like um, felt like the aces. They have Cambage and uh, Wilson are. I think they'll. The kind of mystics kind of run them off the court, so I feel like those girls get tired. So I'll probably be take, taking uh, the mystics here and laying the points. I'm sure tomorrow. But uh, the other thing is, there's a really great fight. I will say really quickly, uh, great fight: Jeremy Stevens versus Shire Rodriguez at UFC uh, in Mexico this Saturday. Uh, this should be. This is like one of those can't miss fights. Going to be a ton of action. Um, I like Stevens a little bit. The line is pretty much even. Uh, but definitely check that one out. And I will ask Harry uh, to get the 10,000 followers on Twitter. Cause I, I have to get my act going and get this up. Is it, you have to send out like 80 really bad tweets a day. Is that what <laughs> how you get there? <laughs> yeah. 80, 80 bad ones. And maybe you get lucky with one or two good ones. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> and maybe brother Brian, it couldn't hurt. I'm just saying that you don't have to do this, but it couldn't hurt to make your profile picture. One of you, making out with a, a filthy whore in the Caribbean. <laughs> so if you can kind of do that, I don't know. I don't know what, you got to really want it. You know, if you want the 10,000, you got to, you know, you got to do some weird things here and there. Harry, by the way, and not a, by any means a filthy whore, your lovely girlfriend had a birthday and, um, well, you took her out. I know you didn't go to Utah with her, right? Yeah, we went out. Um, 
went out for dinner, took her out a couple of different places, but I was supposed to go to Utah with her. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, again, I, I just, she wants to go on a Friday Friday night, come back Monday late. I got work to do now, boys. I, got, I told her I had to lay down the law. I haven't been able to do that many times in my life with these women <laughs> that I've dated. But uh told her, um, we'll celebrate your birthday, but if you want to go to Utah, I don't think she's, I hope she's not going to listen. She won't listen this deep into the uh, podcast. Anyways, um, <laughs> she's got to go by herself. I can't go. I got work to do. I got to watch these games. And they don't watch games. Her family's not into sports. They don't have they don't have cable. All right. Uh, a lot of the there's not many bars there. I got to watch these games. We well, got it. You got to watch the games. All right. Well, you didn't leave her hanging. You took her out to eat. I saw pictures of uh, you guys eating oysters. <laughs> Beautiful desert oysters. I can't imagine how, how good those doesn't, are. Doesn't mean uh, doesn't mean I didn't use a coupon for that either. Though. What did you buy? What kind of gift did you get her? Dinner. That's it. That was it. Really? Two dinners. Does she think you're still unemployed? How do you just get her dinner? All right. Sort of am unemployed. All right. But I but the dinner was I had a nice I had a nice coupon for the dinner too. So. And, and one more thing. Okay, good. One more thing. There was a little there's a there was a male uh miscue, I understand, right? Oh, good lord. <laughs> Everything gets talked about. Yeah, a male miscue where I'm not getting paid anymore. Yep. <laughs> you were asked by your former boss, but who still lets you live in the house, um, to do like a little, little menial tasks here and there. Which to, I do. I do plenty. To I mail plenty. his tax documents on the last day it was it was to go out, right? Like it, it's late. It's considered late if he doesn't mail out. You said you would do it, and then you, you went to the bar and watched the Browns-Jets. You didn't do it. Went to dinner. Didn't go to the bar to watch Browns-Jets. All right. But, uh, uh, I, I misunderstood something that he said, and um, but yeah, take this to the mailbox. The what, what what did you misunderstand? No, I had there was other things that went along with it, so I couldn't just bring it to the mailbox and put it in the mailbox. I had to go and ship it certain ways. Um, so all right, I didn't do it. You know what? You're the Eli Manning of personal assistance. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, Jim, where where could people find you? On Twitter, it's at Jim Cunningham, but the eyes are ones. Yeah, the eyes are still ones. Well, All right. And what's yeah, your whatever. profile picture? You're not. You don't have any ladies. Of the uh, night. no, mine's uh the Simpsons guy Hans Molman. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. Listen, Mark Schlereth, he's the greatest. Coming up after this break. Today's episode is brought to you by Floor and Decor. Don't miss out. Floor and Decor is the only one-stop flooring shop that keeps general contractors, flooring specialists, and renovation experts ahead of the game. Thanks to their fully stocked warehouse of hard surface flooring, no job is too big. Job lot quantities of tile, wood, and stone are in stock, and they're available for convenient workdate delivery. And their dedicated pro services team is here to help make it easy for you to run your business, offering everything from 14-day product storage to financing solutions to express pickup. So sign up for Pro Premier Rewards, and you'll automatically rack up points that you can exchange for prizes. Plus, you'll have access to over 15 discounted services to help you grow your business. Explore your local floor and decor and discover how quality flooring products at everyday low prices can completely change your game. Visit floorandecor.com today to locate the floor and decor nearest you and score savings and service you won't find anywhere else. That's flooranddecor.com. All right, on the line right now, this is a joy for me. 
what can I say about this guy? Multiple Super Bowl championships, multiple All Pro appearances. Uh, but honestly, one of the best. I put that team, he and Dick Stockton, at the top of the broadcasting list, as good as any duo. I'm not just blowing smoke up his ass because uh, he can kiss kick mine. Uh, Mark Schlereth, also lawn aficionado. What's happening? Go to go to check out his videos. He's unbelievable with the lawn. So proud. What's happening, Mark? Yeah. And, well, right now I'm actually in my yard working on my lawn. So it's uh, <laughs> apropos that you would mention how good my lawn is because I'm dominating the neighborhood right now. Just standing around in a thong without a shirt on in my front yard, basically telling my neighbors to eat it because my lawn's better than theirs. He really does. Mark posts videos on uh, on Twitter taunting his neighbors. And what the hell are they going to do? Even if they think they have a better lawn, are you going to stand up to Mark Schlereth? No way. But I want to ask you, as the football season goes on, it's more exciting, more and more exciting for fans. Probably not as much for you because the lawn, it gets colder. You're going to get some yellow in the grass. It's probably a little depressing, right? Well, it is a little bit, but I will I will tell you, you know, uh, I start, I, I do a lot of things to uh, prep it. So it's springtime when everybody else's lawn looks like garbage. You know, mine is right. just springing back to life. So, you know, there's, there's never, a, there's never a time that I'm not, uh, you know, out thanking my neighbors when it comes to my lawn being better than theirs. So I'm constantly working on it. And, uh, you know, people ask me gotcha. like a weed, what, what do you do to keep weeds out of your lawn? I'm like, weeds, they don't get into my lawn. My grass is too <laughs> thick. It chokes them out kidding me like do right. you put a weed and feed down no i don't put a weed and feed down my lawn's too strong it's on <laughs> lawn roids right now it looks awesome <laughs> what a maniac so this is a 12-month process and you really never give the competition a, an opportunity to catch up i think uh i think that speaks volumes of your dedication now i want to talk real quick you did the game uh, you did a great game game of the week i think bears broncos uh i it was my biggest loss of the week my worst beat I know you were pulling, you, you could say you're pulling for the Broncos. It must be hard to, to do these games and not pull for one team. But take me through the last two minutes because I, I was in shock of, of how it happened. And I think the Bears got really, really, really lucky. Well, yeah, there's no question. And it's not hard because let me tell you, I told this to Mike Shanahan when I retired. Um, you know, he was still coaching the Broncos. And at, at some point, we had this conversation about, you know, me being on television and what I said about the Broncos. And I told Mike, I go, listen, I'm going to treat you just like I treated my own kid when I coached him all through Little League Baseball. I'm always harder on my own kid than I am on everybody else's kid because he's my freaking kid. You're my team. This is where I played. This is where I won championships. I'm always going to be more critical and demand more from you than I will any other team. So a lot of people said I was a biased in the broadcast, biased against the Broncos. And I did say we once because, you know, I got a turd in my pocket. But, um, yeah, so right. I, I mean, that's, 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 the way, that's the way it goes. As far as the last two minutes is concerned, and I heard this I heard this the other day, and, you know, I don't know if it's true or not because I get all my news from Twitter. So it may be true. It sounded true to me. The last time that somebody scored in the fourth quarter a two-point conversion to go up, and still lost the game was in 1994. Now, I don't wow. know how many times it's happened, but that's unbelievable to be able to, to have that happen to you. So there's a couple of different things. Obviously, 31 seconds, you get the ball back. You, know, you get into a fourth down and 15 situation. There was nine seconds on the clock. So I have said during the broadcast, 
this is enough time to complete in the middle. You've got one timeout, but as soon as you complete the ball, man, you got to drop down, give yourself up, and call the timeout, which which they did. I was watching the clock as I was calling the game. When the receiver caught it, there was two seconds. He went down, there was one second. And, of course, the one thing that people don't really understand is when you get into that situation in the game, you alert the rest. Listen, if we complete this, as soon as we complete it, we're going to the ground. We're asking for a timeout. So the refs already have it in their mind. And so they're already kind of awarding you the timeout before they even see anybody call timeout because it's already gotcha. been one of those things that, that's been told to the referees that this is what we're trying to accomplish. Here's what we're doing. Now, on that particular play, fourth down and 15, there's two things that went down. One, the Broncos decided not to bring pressure. Like, my thought on that is bring pressure, make the quarterback get it out of his hand, rally up, make a tackle for a six-yard gain. And if you can take a 62-yarder, you know what? We'll tip our cap to you. You win. But fourth mm-hmm. down and 15, they let Mitch Trubisky sit there, climb the pocket, throw the ball on a busted coverage. They played zone. It was a busted zone. And, you know, Allen Robinson's right there to catch it. They got the timeout. Like I said, I'm watching it as it went down. They hit the ground. There was still one second on the clock. So uh, I think it was the correct call. I guess the biggest issue there was, you know, was the was the uh, penalty that kept that drive alive, which was the Bradley Chubb. You know, he tackled the quarterback, which apparently you can't do. And I I don't because I like I look at this league right now, like we are hiring officials like and teaching them the rules. And we're actually hiring people that have never actually watched the football game. That's what it feels like to me. Like I can discern the difference between hitting a guy, wrapping him up in a bear hug, picking him up and pile driving his ass into the ground versus a tackle. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm pretty sure I can discern the difference and I don't know why they can't. I don't understand. I don't understand why. Like, it's like they've never watched the game before. Like, Ooh, right. this is interesting. Huh? Weird. And so it's well, really, it's, it's mind boggling, but there was, I don't go, I don't go down that road. Like, Hey, the refs cost us a game because there was two of those penalties against the bears early in the game that, that mm-hmm. were just as egregious as that one. Well, I, and a couple things on that. I'm glad you cleared up the timeout thing because irrational gamblers like me who suffered a bad beat are screaming, oh, how was there really a second? How did they not review that? And what people don't know and what I, I knew, but I, I still thought it was close. You can give yourself up as a receiver. So people were getting on the Broncos defenders for touching them down and saying, oh, if they don't touch Robinson down, the clock runs out. No, that's not the case. You can give yourself up as a receiver. I don't, I don't know about that. That's a that's good insight that you could talk to the ref ahead of time and say, hey, if we catch it, call it immediately. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Trubisky running 10 yards behind the play and calling a timeout. I'm thinking, how do the refs, uh, how do they negotiate that? Like being able to see that and the receiver. So that doesn't come into play. You're exactly right uh, about the timeout. They got it off in time. What I would say about them not bringing pressure, if you get called for a hideous uh, roughing the passer call, maybe you're uh, not likely to bring as much pressure. I don't know. And and like you said, like these calls and you're not being a homer because like you said, you had a problem with it when the bears were called for it earlier. But I will say I'm, I'm torn between this roughing the passer thing. We already have like seven quarterbacks out. You don't want 15, 20 quarterbacks out, but doesn't it seem like the quarterbacks are going out for the most part on fluke hand injuries or elbows or something like that. And not on late hits. Maybe Trevor Simeon got knocked out on a, on a late hit, but for the most part, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to protect the living quarterbacks, but they're overdoing it in the, in the sense that this is not what's putting these quarterbacks out. Am I right? 
No, you're 100% right. And part of the reason they're protecting the quarterback so much is because the owners can't help pay them uh, way more money than they deserve. So, you know, it's just it's this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. We're starting to pay our guys $35 million. Now we have to protect our assets. Um, I think one of the other things that's really interesting to me, and I don't have any statistical information to back this up, but I, I feel like there are more season-ending injuries and more guys being hurt now that we don't play anybody, that nobody gets to play in the preseason, that we're scared to death of, of the right. injury situation than there ever were before. And I think part of that is we're training our guys to be track athletes, and then we're asking them week one of the, of the football season, to, okay, now we've trained you to be a track athlete, now go be a football player. And mm-hmm. I'm doing week one, and I had Matthew Stafford, I had the Lions and, and Arizona in that uh, 27-27 tie. And, you know, everybody wants to, to you know, feed you a line of bull that, that Sal, that, uh, like, hey, these joint scrimmages with the other teams, you know, are great work and they're, they're just, they're better than the preseason games for us. And that's why we don't play in the preseason because everything's under control. And, and Matthew Stafford made a great point to me that I hadn't thought of. He says, listen, those things are bogus because if it's, if we're doing a a one period, 10 plays at first and 10, and we rip off a 17 yard run, you know what we do? We go right back to the 40 and it's first and 10 again. And so he goes, you don't ever stack you don't ever stack plays situationally one against the next. Mm-hmm. And he goes, so right. that to me, because if we're practicing third down and six, if I complete a 15 yard pass, we don't run down there and say, okay, now let's get a run in on first and 10. We go right back down to third down and six. And so it's not realistic. It doesn't represent what you do on a week to week basis as a football team, which to me was one of the better points that I've heard anybody kind of, negate or neglect or, or whatever the right word is there um, all these joint scrimmages because these joint scrimmages are just not they're not realistic Gotcha, yeah, they're not involved in situational football, a lot of these starters until until the first snap week one Yeah, that that's a good point, that really is One more thing on that game, I wanted to ask you how surprised, you seemed pretty surprised Flacco wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire How surprised were you that Vic Fangio went for uh two there and to me it's like boy what a statement it is it's like hey i left this defense i trust that we're going to score against this defense here we go i'm giving flacco the ball and he and he came through which seemed like it was going to be enough to win the game there yeah i think i think what big fangio was saying and i was shocked because normally traditional thought process in that is hey at home you kick the extra point you play for overtime um and that's you know you're at home you've got the home field advantage Big Fangio is basically saying, I trust my guys and my guys are better. My team's better than your team. And, and guys appreciate mm-hmm. that. Guys like that aspect. And it probably, you know, hindsight being 2020, it should have worked. Um, and of right. course it didn't. And, you know, and, and it leaves you open to speculation or whatever. But the bottom line is I don't have any problem with that. Joe Flacco, to me, has been exceptional. I mean, think about this. You've got a generational type defense that you played against in Chicago. And I'm telling you what, they've got, Hall of Fame type athletes up and down that roster at every level. That's how good they are, whether it's Khalil Mack, whether it's Roquan Smith, whether it's Eddie Jackson, and fill in the blank. Leonard Floyd's a good player. Hakeem Hicks is a great player. Eddie Goldman's a really good player. Danny Servathan. So, I mean, it's a general. I, I compared it on the broadcast to like the 90s Philadelphia Eagles who had Jerome Brown and Mike Pitts and, and Reggie White and Clyde Simmons and Byron Evans and, and Seth Joyner. I mean, it was a bitch playing against those guys. So, like, right. 
I look at this Bears team like that. They had 27 first downs. 27 first wow. downs. Um, now they got in the red zone. They couldn't. They couldn't do it because you know physically they can't match up. Their offensive line isn't very good. But I thought from a game planning standpoint to say, hey, we're going to throw the short passing game. We're going to get the ball out of our quarterback's hands. I guarantee you, Joe Flacco, because of his understanding of where guys were and his accuracy and timing, he avoided about ten sacks. Um, that right. the, the average quarterback would have. The average quarterback would have given up. So, like, I think Joe Flacco is playing exceptionally well. I just don't think the Denver Broncos are very good. I'm with you. I, you know what? I had the Broncos as my second wild card team. I had three teams from the AFC West going in. I'm, I don't want to give up on them just yet. I think they they met a Raiders team, which that was their Super Bowl coming off hard knocks. They had a lot to prove that without Antonio Brown. That was a rough late Monday night game. And like you said, you're not going to find a better defense than the, this Bears group. So let's give them one week, one more week against the Packers. Now, one thing I was thinking about as you were talking, you've called the two best games of the year, I think. Arizona, uh, Detroit. And last week, Chicago-Denver. I don't know how we bet this, but whatever game you're calling this week, if I could bet that it ends on the last play of the game or is close in the in the last quarter, I'm going to try to figure out a way. What do you got this week? I, I've got Raiders at Minnesota. So it should be – I mean, I think it's going to be a really interesting game because Minnesota is running an absolute snot out of the ball. And I'm telling you what, mm-hmm. the Raiders are actually playing much better football. They were up 10 nothing on Kansas City in the first mm-hmm. um, in the first quarter – then Kansas City comes right. back on four, I think it was four touchdown throws of over 40 yards. They, I, uh, Patrick Mahomes had like 228 yards passing um, and, and 200, or 228 yards passing and four TDs in the second quarter. And, and yeah, that game ended, you know. It, it, yeah, and so, I mean, other than that, I mean, that, they were big plays and they were big breakdowns in coverage. It wasn't like physically, like, like Kansas City Chiefs just absolutely dominated. You know, it's like it's funny to me because there's two elite teams in the AFC, and obviously the New England Patriots they just out execute you. They're smarter, they're better coached than you are, and they just out execute you at every level, offensively, defensively, special teams wise. Um, they are so sharp that way. And then Kansas City, not that they're not coached well because Andy Reid coaches them well, but they are so flipping dynamic on the offensive side of the ball, even without Tyreek Hill, who is you know a freak show. It, it is like they come at you in waves with talent, speed, athleticism, um, and their quarterback is, you know, he's an exceptional player. Um, and, and so that's kind of how they win. But by far, the two best teams that you watch on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I, it, boy, I think you just talked me out of betting the Vikings just uh, on a teaser just to win the game. Oh, there's really no gimmies this week with the with the Patriots being a ridiculous spread and and the Cowboys. It's a uh, slim. I'm pick going. And, hey, so I'm going that, Patriots. Go I'm going Patriots and Cowboys to cover. Really? Yeah. Why not? You don't. You're not worried. You're not worried about. Uh, I mean, this is not the Belichick way, but I always worry about the starters sitting in the fourth quarter, but. You you don't think it mattered? I mean, it certainly didn't matter last week against the Dolphins. Belichick doesn't sit his starters. He's old school. He plays everybody. You're going to play if you play if you play for Bill Belichick. So yeah, I don't have I don't I I don't have any issue. I'm I'm betting them both because both those other teams are absolute garbage. All right. I'm with you. I get nervous for my Cowboys. I, I worry that they're going to let up a little. But those Patriots, and yeah, they'll they'll probably well, they're going to have Jalen Ramsey uh, by Sunday, right? So they're going to have to work another player in. That'll be fun to watch. Crying out yeah, loud. exactly. Yeah, you're right. That's that, I mean, I tell you what, that's a whole other 
that's a whole nother Pandora's box, isn't it? With if you just don't like where you're at, wine and get your way out, yeah. isn't that just kind of the way kind of the way we operate now as a society, which is which is crazy. But you know, I think there's two things about that. If you think about it, I think one, you know, the players are whining, getting their way, and two, teams are looking at what the Oakland Raiders have done and they say, Hey, Oakland was horrible last year and you know, say what you want. They went out and got all these first round draft choices and they're far more talented. They're a way better team. And so, and they're not going to be strapped for cash because, you know, they don't have to pay any of these guys because they're all, you know, on their first rookie contract. So I think a lot of teams are looking at that as a success model going, Hey, you're disgruntled. We'll get rid of everybody and, um, and try to open up a window three years from now to win, to, to win big with young players. I have to say, I think you're right. For a team that like 14 months ago had either Khalil Mack, uh, Amari Cooper, or uh, Antonio Brown on their roster, and now don't have any of those three, and they're still competitive, and I think they are competitive, uh, that speaks volumes, I think, of what Gruden's done. But uh, Stink, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate uh, everything. Listen, you're going to catch him. Raiders at Vikings. That used to be like a CBS game, right? They do. They used to do the road team was where the conference was, right? Now now they mix it up a little bit. But that's a Fox game. You're I have no idea how they do it. They just tell me where to go, and I study, and then I go. Good. Show up. Uh, Liz, if you drive by Mark's house, just give him, give him a beep. Hit the horn. He's working so hard on his lawn. He deserves it. Yeah, give it to him. Go. All right, man. See you, brother. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. Later. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds. Cousin Sal Against All Odds at gmail.com. That's Cousin Sal Against All Odds at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Lock it in Monday through Friday, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern on FS1. Jimmy Kimmel Live, 11.35 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta, Jim Cunningham and Mark Schlereth. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Today's episode was brought to you by Floor and Decor. Floor and Decor is where the pros go for tile, wood, stone, and installation materials. But the best part about Floor and Decor is their pro services and loyalty reward program. From the dedicated pro hotline to the exclusive pro app, your Floor and Decor team is just a touch away. Visit floorandecor.com today to find the location nearest you.